Hello, and welcome to the Socially Distanced Podcast. My name is Al Manorino. I'm the managing editor of thepopbreak.com. With me, as always, back from his return trip from the Sarlacc pit is the editor-in-chief, Mr. Bill Bodkin. Bill, what's going on? I'm surprised you made it out this time. Ah, man. You know, I've been tossed in there, uh, like, metaphorically and literally so many times. Uh, It's why I keep getting grayer. It's not premature or genetic. It's the acid. Um, No back to tank for me. I just it just bleaches out my hair. Mm -hmm. Of course, I am the editor-in-chief of thepopbreak.com. Welcome to episode 92. We are eight episodes away from our highly anticipated, ill-produced 100th episode. We have two things we know we're doing, and that's about it. And if you don't know, we're going to be talking Moneyball. We're going to have like 20 people on that podcast or nine. I mean, we're probably going to have way too many people on it. It, Nine is way too many. Um, And uh, we're going to be doing that. But we have a very uh, special show as we do every week. It's the Boba Book Club. We're back uh, talking about episode four. We are joined, as always, in this book club by our resident guest. Uh, Today, she's drinking a a Russian Imperial Stout. Uh, You might know her as the Mandalorian. You might also know her as the general manager of Thunder Rosa's Mission Pro Wrestling, which has a couple shows coming up in the next few weeks. She is our favorite and yours, Miss Amanda Rivas. What's going on, dude? Thank you guys for having me. I'm excited to be here this episode. I cannot wait to talk about it. It was everything I've been waiting for and more. Um, And it's just, it's so much fun just to be here and geek out Star Wars with you guys. And of course, in addition to wrestling, it's just, it's the best. So thank you guys for having me and yay. (laughs) We're um, we're glad to have you back. And I'm glad I just realized, unlike last episode, I have my microphone plugged in so I don't sound like I'm talking out of a tin can. But speaking of (laughs) speaking of tin cans and uh, that was terrible. I have no connection to that. We have our second uh, guest that's coming to us. From outside the United States. However, this guest is not on vacation. He is a permanent resident. He comes to us from the great white north. He is someone I've wanted to get on this podcast for a long time since I have been a guest on his former podcast, the All Elite Podcast. He is now currently one of the hosts or panelists for Elite POV and All Elite Wrestling Podcast. He is the self-proclaimed best host ever. Uh, Mr. Kyle Masters coming to us from not Toronto, but Niagara Falls, yeah. Canada. <laughs> Home of Sean Spears. <laughs> Home of Sean Spears. Probably the biggest Sean like Spears fan in the world. Wouldn't is not is saying it's saying a lot because he's. I'm probably like the only Sean Spears fan. You do have a <laughs> Sean talk- tattoo. I you know, I, I do. It's help. on I, this shoulder. <laughs> I poured one out for you when he lost to CM Punk in four seconds. I want to talk about it. <laughs> I just did. So, Kyle, <laughs> welcome to your first non-Star a non-wrestling podcast um, ever. Yeah. Oh well. Sort of. I briefly did a podcast on the Scream franchise because that's like one of my favorite horror movie franchises of all time. Nice. Did you see the new one? Um, no, because being living up here where everything's closed is. Oh. Uh, but they announced today that on the 31st, they're going to be opening stuff in theaters going to be opening at 50 percent capacity. So on the 31st, I will be going to see it because <laughs> it's it's great. It's like the number one movie in America right now. And. It's just oh, I've, I've been avoiding spoilers like crazy. Like it's been so hard. Like I, I'll briefly read something on Twitter. I'm like, nope, nope, keep going. Nope, I don't want to know. 
Listen, <laughs> just move to the United States. We have Tim Hortons here too. You can still get your Tim. It's, don't yep. even go there. It's not the same. It's not, it's not the same. It is crap. I've tasted the difference. It's crap. I'm sorry. It's crap. We swear it's horrible. fucking time on this podcast. So you were fine. I'm, okay. So it fucking sucks. <laughs> it's trash as fuck. Oh, yeah. Compared to our Tim Hortons. It's, it's not good. Uh, no. By the way, I've never had the OG. We, we don't um, even have one down here. So I don't. Tim, I what? I think we have one. You're not. Yeah. Missing. I'm like, I'm not even down here. Who? So. You know how everyone loves Dunkin' Donuts in the States? It's like, that's like, uh, yeah, I love Dunkin' Donuts. That's how we feel about Tim Hortons up here. I feel like that's only Boston. No one actually likes Dunkin' Donuts. Oh, okay. Never mind. My ass, dude. I love Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> Dunkin' Donuts that pumpkin. sucks. It's well, so bad. Well, for what? Their donuts are great. Everything. Every, oh, mostly everything. You had that pumpkin spice donut? That pumpkin donut? Come on, pumpkin brother. Pumpkin spice donut? No. It's the pumpkin um, donut. Oh, I forgot that this is the, change your this life. Is the, this is the Dunkin' Donuts podcast first uh, off, no. i'll try to get that money so i won't yeah it yeah i'm excited to talk star wars anyways yeah. <laughs> swerve, swerve back here i'm i'm, I'm so excited because i'm a big star wars fan um maybe perfect. not maybe not like a very very nerdy star wars fan you know i'd I'd love to be um but i've i, I get into it a lot so you you um, sat through a 23 hour marathon yeah. of all the films That's insane like, yeah you are the you are nerdier than oh, all three of us i do that yeah, and i you, do that again you out-nerded me absolutely <laughs> i would do that sure. again in a heartbeat but i'm it's, trying to it, think of what i would do that for like lord of the rings i would do it for lord of the rings and Jurassic i would do it Park. for the fast and furious films so al oh, it's, yeah. it's funny you mentioned that not for the fast and furious but they were advertising when i was there for all the marvel movies to lead to endgame <laughs> Yes. Yes. I know. I yeah. know. A, I know a writer who did. It that. was like four or five days long in the movie theater. So I don't. It's insane. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's truly insane. Speaking of, speaking of Marvel, do we want to talk about uh, or no? Do we talk Moon about Knight? Moon Knight? We talk about Moon Knight. Yeah. I mean, since we're already not talking yeah. about Star Wars, Star Wars, I might as well talk about. You're not about um, storage wars, you know. That's all right. Oh, listen. Again, I would do a Storage Wars podcast, too. Dude, that show there's well. a whole wrestling promo that happened recently based around Storage Wars. I have to now send it to you. You'll Please send that to me. I would definitely be. Can I get a copy of that? <laughs> it's uh, Janela it's and Cardona. So, yeah. I'll Stop. Really? Um, it's really good. So I'll send it. Group chat. <laughs> during, during Monday Night Football, Disney released the Disney Plus released the first trailer for our next series that we'll be probably covering um weekly which will be moon Knight, starring oscar isaac and ethan hawk which is a crazy sentence to say um in the year 2022 um they're making a moon Knight show it's actually they've already made it that's crazy enough the fact that we have oscar isaac and ethan hawk in a marvel show is also bananas to me um and it looks freaking cool as hell and i think it's going to be like WandaVision levels of confusion for a lot of people. Um, he's a very complex character. He's basically kind of Marvel's Batman, but who suffers from like uh, like multiple personality disorder and schizophrenia. So um, should be very interesting. Uh, what did you guys think, Amanda? Uh, are you familiar with Moon Knight? What, what, what were your thoughts on the trailer? I liked it. I really liked it. I, I like how dark and edgy mm-hmm. it was just the the vibe was it was right off the bat and oscar isaac just even in those like those few minutes just knocked out of the park i mean i was watching anything he released on like doing his own stunts and all that i i was here i'm, I'm here for it um 
I just, I, I'm excited because it's definitely a different tone than what we usually get for Disney+. Plus. Um, I even liked the little way it kind of segued, I, I guess, like towards the end of the trailer with how the plus came, you know, kind of <laughs> at the end, just those little nuances. But I, I'm really, I'm really liking the edgier, darker feel because I, I feel like that's something that Disney needs mm-hmm. um, in a way just to kind of keep people interested because... I, even though Wanda was edgy in its own right, and I love Wanda, that's still my favorite of the, the series of the Disney Plus series, the Marvel side so far, um, because it's really unique and it's really it's, it stands out and it's just so good. Um, I feel like it's kind of the same tone all the way across that they're still playing it safe, um, and so just to, to see that next level and see something a little darker is going to be fun. And I'm curious to see if they're going to tie it back to the Eternals. Um, myself at some point. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the, the, the best place to do it, right? Or yeah. the place to start would be that character because of how far back the character goes mm-hmm. in terms of like time, um, right. you know, in like early Egyptian time stuff. So that would be, yeah, I think that's going to be super interesting. I think yeah. too, it's going to be the litmus test for mm-hmm. how are we bringing back Daredevil in a way right. that, that can both fit, you know, um, the hardcore audience that they gained from the Netflix series um, and now being able to present it to the Disney plus audience, which of course is a little, you know, less bloody to say the least. Um, Kyle, what did you think of the trailer? If you, if you saw it, you have not, you didn't see it. Bill, I just seen all the hype around it. And I'm like, damn, I got to see this trailer now. You should check it out. It's good. It's good. We produce. We we always let our guests know what we're going to talk about beforehand. Very true. <laughs> um, so uh, for me, yeah, I, I I always remember the Marvel card I had of Moon Knight, and I was always fascinated. I'm like, who is this guy? Like, what is this character? He's a mercenary. He looks like a superhero, but he also has an Uzi. Like, what's going on with this guy? <laughs> and then it's like, then you know, I've seen bits and pieces in the in the in the, in the comics and stuff, but I've always been like, I want to see what they could do with this in a live action setting. And Oscar Isaac is just, man, for the last like decade plus has just been hit after hit. I mean, he's just been excellent from Ex Machina to uh, Inside Lewin Davis to, you know, you um, uh, Annihilation and, and Star Wars, obviously. So he's phenomenal. And to get him playing like this, seeing this very anxious, like haunted man. And then all of a sudden he's just like, you know, can switch it into like the mercenary, I think, or the, the superhero, I think is really cool. I'm interested to see what Ethan Hawke's going to be. I don't know what character he is. So um, I'm excited for it. I think like, yeah, like Amanda said, like it's going to get edgy and it's going to get dark and uh, I'm looking forward to it. Well, that is enough about Moon Knight. And that is not the reason we are all gathered here today, <laughs> but we are super excited. And again, look out for the eventual uh, moonlighting Moon Knight series that we'll have yep came up with it right on the spot <laughs> love it um that's gonna come out in march so we'll, uh, we'll Kyle, be talking we, about it we now. have outside like this is our best name review series yet uh <laughs> everything else has been hot garbage well except for the pizza dog chronicles that was great that was good mostly because we just i appreciate anything bad. Pizza dog. i'd love any of them any of them yeah pizza dog is still my background on my phone <laughs> uh, just throwing that if, out there. if you don't love pizza dog you have no soul is the way yeah, i look at it pretty much yeah, I like that. I agree. We, we are talking about uh, episode four of the book of Boba Fett. Uh, for those who are still listening, uh, the episode four titled The Gathering Storm. And this is the part of the podcast 
where I try to read the Wikipedia plot summary. That way we can kind of remember what we're supposed to be talking about. Um, This should be fun. I got in front of me, so let's go for it. I got this. (laughs) In the Bacta tank, Fett remembers trying to reclaim the ship Slave One, which is not called that anymore um, in all of Disney because of obvious reason. The fire spray? Fire spray. spray. I thought that that was weird when I read that too. I'm like, wait a minute. Fire spray gunship. Correct. From Jabba's palace, which was protected by too many guards. This is a terrible entry. When he discovered... uh, Fennec, Fennec dying from a gun, a gut wound. Fett took her to a Mos Eisley pod parlor where her life was saved with cybernetics. In return, Fett requested Fennec's help to break into the palace now ruled by Bib Fortuna. After fighting the guards and retrieving his ship, Fennec decided to stay with Fett. They killed the biker gang that Fett believed to have massacred <laughs> his Tuscan tribe before flying to the Sarlacc pit to retrieve his armor. Fennec killed the attacking Sarlacc with a seismic charge, though Fett did not find his armor inside. In the present, Fett witnessed BK, because I can never say his name correctly, uh, Karasan? 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 I can't... Uh, uh, Chris, that's it. Chrysanthemum, I think. Yeah, it's something yeah. like that. They said it. I was so mad. I'm like, wait, Chrysanthemum said it so many times. And I'm just like, how do you, yeah. how is no that idea. the pronunciation? Um, fighting Trandoshans in the sanctuary and hires him. He urges Doc Strassi and most <laughs> Espa's other crime bosses to unite against the Pike Syndicate, but they refuse. With the Rancor's presence, Fett convinces them to remain neutral while he fights the Syndicate alone. Fennec suggests that they hire reinforcements for the imminent war. And Mm -hmm. that is where we have to start because me and Bill freaked out last night when we watched this. So let's take a dip in the back to tank, which is basically, let's just talk about the episode. Um, I have to start with the end and then we can always go back. Holy crap. Mm -hmm. So um, when Fennec says that we need reinforcements, we hear a particular score. Mm-hmm. And it's not the mm-hmm. awesome Book of Boba Fett score that I'm really starting to enjoy. Like when I hear that opening, I'm like, I need to work out to oh, this. Goosebumps, man. I do. Right? It's great. Yeah. It's great. It, it works. Is it, the same, <laughs> is it the same composer as uh, yes, Ludwig, Ludwig Gorson Ludwig. or whatever his name is? Who also, yeah. fun fact, he, you know what show he scored? New Girl. He did the entire what? New Girl. <laughs> really? Ludwig Gorenson. My mind is like scored all of New Girl. Yeah. That's By the fantastic. way, there's a New Girl podcast coming out with uh, three oh. of the stars doing. Is it called the, Old uh, Girl? Uh-oh. No, that's, that's a good. <laughs> that's a good title, though. It should have been called True American. New Year, New Girl. I think that's a little limiting. By oh, the way, no. that is um, also. I don't think you're going to get the right audience. Definitely not. That's a it's a different. I was gonna be like, I don't want to that. It's not about Tim Bits. What do I care? <laughs> Damn it! I need a um, Tim Bits podcast. So, <laughs> I would love it if you did. All lead Tim Bits podcast. So the music, the score that we hear is actually from the Mandalorian, alluding to we might get some Mandalorian esque characters reappearing in the Book of Boba Fett. I mean, uh, Cara Dune. Not Cara Dune. Nope, not Cara It's Dune. boss time, Bill. <laughs> oh, shit. It should be boss time. That's right. Um, I mean, listen, I'm, I'm, 
I'm hoping for some grief targa. Like that's that's it's grief great grief carga. Is it grief? Oh yeah. no, man, let's get, let's get. Yeah. Oh man, we're kind of skipping ahead to the theories, but listen, let's get Southeast space trash. Let's space trash. get yeah. Bill. Burr. We can get anyone. So let's talk. Let's start there. Um, what did you guys think of that ending? And you know, this show was again a, a spinoff of the Mandalorian. But it's also a spinoff of just Star Wars in general. It's a, a character that we've known for decades, right? We talked about it last week that Boba has been in our life for such a long time before I was born. So we are now kind of going full circle and bringing it a little bit back to the Mandalorian. How do you guys feel about that? Do you are you excited? Is it more of like a like? Can we just have his story? Like, how? Where are you guys on that kind of fence? Um, I'll start with Bill. Uh, I don't, I am on the fence because when you hear the music, you're like, Oh my God. Yes. Like how cool is that? Not expecting it sort of ruined on Twitter for me, but like, I just saw hashtag the Mandalorian. They're like, Oh, that music. I'm like, Nope, go away. And then when it happens, I'm like, Oh wow, that's amazing. And then I'm kind of like, you know, to put a wrestling metaphor, isn't that a bit of a cheap pop there where they're kind of just like saying like, Oh, Hey, we're going to bring this guy back that you all love. It's almost like they don't, like I love the Mandalorian, but it's like it's almost a little cheap. Where it's just like we can't, you know. It almost feel like they're like, oh god, we have to save the show by bringing Mando into the series. Like it feels like this weird having bringing him in. I, I'm I like part of me is like I'm so excited. Part of me is like, are they not confident enough in this story that they have to bring Mando into this? So I don't know. So I'm very torn on this. I'm sure when he shows up. I will throw something in joy, but right now, um, halfway through a, a beer, I'm just like, I don't know. You know, it's just, it's, it just feels like we could have, I, I would have rather a, a story that moved along and then maybe at the end you tie it together. Like, I don't know if we need Mando in this. If it's other characters from the Mandalorian, like Kyle was saying, it's boss time. Of course, he's uh, referencing it's gonna be Mando. Uh, Sasha Banks, you know, who is one of the, um, was one of the other Mandalores. Hey, um, that makes sense. Yeah. So, I mean, like, if it's someone from there, yeah, it's obviously not Cara Dune. But, like, because also, like, that's weird if she's a cop who's helping out a gangster. It's a little yeah. weird. I mean, not really. I mean, yeah, it is. Uh, but I just don't I just don't know how I feel if I'm, I'm totally on board with it mm-hmm. just yet. Yeah. I feel like I'm on the opposite end of the spectrum because you know, as a comic geek, as a, you know, someone who's addicted to the Marvel movies and shows and Star Wars and stuff, it's like, I love that everything is connected and takes place in the same universe. And especially because, you know, they're, they were, this is a spinoff, right? So I think the worst thing about a spinoff is when it kind of abandons the thing it spun off from, right? I think Better Call Saul works so well is because we know that at some point, we are leading back to the events of Breaking Bad in some way and the events after Breaking Bad. So it's like, I love that. I love the interconnectivity. So I'm a little bit on the opposite end of the spectrum. Amanda, where are you? So I feel like Mando's going to show up and not in the way we're expecting him to. Um, Because at this point where we left off at the end of Mando season two, it would be really hard, I feel like, for Mando to slip away because he still has the Darksaber in possession. They have to wrap up that whole arc with Bo-Katan. Um, I think 
for Mando to show up and be able to fight, to break away to fight. Unless Bo-Katan comes with him or that arc somehow gets resolved or or they kind of address that in the, in the upcoming Mandalorian season, I don't think we're going to see him necessarily guns out, you know, fighting and blasting his way through as much as as cool as that would be. Now, I feel like it's going to tie back to Mando, um, but I think it's going to, I feel like Boba Fett, where it ends, is going to kind of segue into or somehow come into to kind of um, moving on into the, to the new season of Mando. I just feel like kind of the way they left the end of season two would make it really hard, in my opinion, for Mando to show up the way it would be cool for him to. Um, but I think it's still going to tie back, just not the way we're expecting it to. But I like the speculation. I liked the cliffhanger um, ending. Cause I mean, it could be anybody. I mean, I was even speculating, could they tie it back to bad batch? Because yeah. Fennec shows up in bad batch. Um, and the bad batch group, they are part of, they are bounty hunters technically, or they at least are, are taking work. Um, maybe even like, you know, it, or you could even go Knights of Ren. <laughs> I mean, the, the, the whole timing it's, it's wise, I don't think that timing. would work. Timing yeah. wise. I, I'm just disappointed, Al. You did not immediately go to Cobb Vance. I was about to, yeah. Maybe listen, he's saving it. He could listen, be saving dr- it though. Dreams already came true because they're they're making <laughs> a, a justified revival. So I'm good. I'm set. It's true. I'm, this is I'm true. Done. I thought about you when that was announced. I was yeah. like, Al. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but but that's that's where I'm at. I feel like I you know, I feel like Mando's gonna come in, but not in the way we're expecting him to. And I'm excited for it. I hope they they do it, they do it right. Kyle, where where are you? I'll start off because I haven't been here for the other episodes that I've loved the entire. Oh, we should that, like the 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 whole like story of of Boba Fett with these uh, with the Tuscan Raiders. That's been my absolute favorite thing about this entire this entire series. Same of like him taking it, taking him in as their own, and like teaching him the ways of like the Tuscan Raiders, and then him saving them, and then saw it coming from a mile away that they he was going to leave at one point and they were all going to get just totaled and sure enough um but i i do think that it's because it's seven episodes the series is not seven for this season um and then they usually take like an a year to wait until the next release of the other season by the just judging by the way that mando has been doing it so i think the end of this series or the end of this season of Boba Fett is going to tie into that first episode of the Mandalorian season three. So I don't think we're going to get Mando until the end. And I have a funny feeling it's going to, this, the book of Boba Fett's going to end on a cliffhanger where we're going to see Mando, but we're not going to get anything of it. And we're going to have to wait until episode one of season three of the Mandalorian to see what happens. So I think we're just going to get a couple of teases for the next couple of episodes. We'll get a shot of Mando at the end and that's going to end it. But, uh, I'm just excited. Whatever they do, I have full faith because so far it's been really good. I have full faith what the next episode is going to show. Um, and then uh, actually, they have to they have to still complete his his back his back visions, right? They still have to complete that that whole thing. That's it. Not, I thought those were I think done. That's it. Thank you. This, I think that's it. Don't they not have to show him taking over? But Jabba's uh, Jabba's like old palace. They didn't really they show it. him. They showed it. They, they show a clip. Right at the, the end. Boba, that whole my oh, line. Oh right, 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 right. Okay. Yeah. And then, and then, my and then line. You... That one, that one flashback. I just wanted. They gave it to me. 
Okay. And then you and then you hear uh, and then you hear uh, Matt Berry say, "Congrats, you're fully healed." Okay. Okay. Um, as as he should for everybody who's ever sick. For everyone. <laughs> yeah. Um, one of my friends said that he should be the one who hosts the uh, the Oscars, and that would be the greatest thing ever. What as the mm-hmm. robot or as Matt? No, Berry? just Matt Berry. Matt should yes. do it as Jackie Daytona. That's you yes. can't make that joke because you I've have not seen watched. the scene. I've seen a scene of him. I don't care. You, need to you haven't seen the show. <gasps> it's like made for Bill. That show. Everything is. It is. That show is made. And you for need you. to see. You need to see Mark Hamill in that yes. whole. That it's the that same episode. episode right there. I've seen parts. Yeah, I've seen one of the one of my favorite episodes of television. Yes. Um, All right, shadows for people who don't know. Let's uh, take. Let's go to the front. Let's go to the beginning. Let's start. Um, this episode heavily, 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 heavily uh, uses flashbacks. And now we we get the one thing that Amanda has been asking for for weeks is the Fennec episode. Right. And this is what we we did. a uh, We did call this. We knew that we were going to get her time to shine. And also we had to figure out, like, how did these two like hook up? Right. Like, obviously, we know that he saved her. We didn't know how. And we didn't know why she stayed. So this was filling in all of those gaps. Um, and then, of course, uh, getting his ship back, right? Because when we, well, I think we all popped as someone yep. who is not a wrestling fan, when that <laughs> when that ship came back in Mandalorian. Um, so we had to kind of figure out, like, how with with what with what army he had uh, a Bantha and himself, like, how did he get his ship back? So that was pretty cool. Of, um them taking their time to show us just exactly how. Yeah, I think this was the first time for me. I know Kyle, you said you were a big fan of the the backstory of the the Sand People, uh, the Tuscan Raiders. For me, like the the backstory when it opens up at him in the back to tank, I'm like, ah, oh, come on! It's like we. Just- I think we're gonna see that in Obi Wan a lot. By the way, I oh, think that, that's we're gonna fun. see a lot of Darth Vader inside the back to tank. Yeah, that's cool. It, but it's like for me, I'm just like, oh god! Sorry, like- Hayden Christensen inside. The back the tank is Darth Vader. Uh, so I'm just like, yeah, it's like, whatever, dude. Or like, we're, we're going to start with this thing again. It's just like, we're always doing this. And, but this time I feel like there was a sense of urgency to the storytelling. It wasn't just like, okay, we need to keep filling you in a backstory. It's like, okay, we're filling you in a backstory, but we're moving it forward. And there's stuff that's going to happen here. And now here we go. We're hurtling towards the present day, which I like there. This the pay, uh, I don't know if Amanda I had mentioned that to you. You had mentioned that to me or not, but like the pacing of this episode mm-hmm. was so much better, and it yes. starts like immediately. That's what I liked is like we started with something that has been a real bugaboo. It's like old ladies in bear traps. It's my real bugaboo, but um, yeah, that's from Step Brothers. So uh, it, I was like, gonna be weird. I'm like, come on, Step Brothers. <laughs> uh, but it's like. Uh, it's starting to back to tank and I'm like we finally with these flashbacks move forward and we get a lot of exciting stuff and like I felt like they would take weight it was too methodical in the first three episodes and I think this one had a much better pace and that's what worked best for me that's what I want to hang out in the back to tank about the pacing of the entire episode was really really strong and we were able to have a nice balance where we're talking about hey we're going to a war um, I don't know what army he's fighting with. He has like the hot, the neutrinos and he has, you know, Chewbacca dark and Fennec. And, <laughs> what and, else do you need? And the, and, and the, and the pink brothers. Chewbacca's older brother. <laughs> he's like, but he's also fighting like an army of like hundreds, if not thousands of pikes. So it's like, you got 
10 people you got 10 beings with you congratulations although robert rodriguez has proven us that an army of one can do anything just all he needs is a guitar case you just need a grand a guitar case and a dream <laughs> I, I just really want antonio banderas to be a secret cameo i want to read that somewhere that he uh, just did uh, um, cad bane antonio banderas oh <laughs> i would i would yeah i would That's the i move. would pop cry That's all of the it. Move. i don't know why all we didn't think of that Antonio, we, call me, call me. How did yeah. we not think of that? Um, yeah, I know this gets a little bit into like theories and such, but like, I think they've alluded to this enough where he's going to either get a fraction of the Tuscan Raiders to help. Like it has to, like, he's a like, they mentioned it again. Like they made me one of them, like the part mm-hmm. of their tribe. Um, and like, he's realized how important that is now that he's trying to build his army like it would make sense for him to to go back to the tuscans um for help and uh you know he's already kind of trying to get them in a place where they could be more profitable and you know not like looked at as like, savages so i think i think that would be a logical thing to do his also, rancor is going to help him <laughs> he's going to ride that <laughs> he's going to ride is that thing into the war yeah right <laughs> oh, he is i i, is I will have yeah, I he's think, got a well trained. You saw that dinner scene. He's got that thing well trained. So Amanda, I know your question is. I think it, it, it's like, wow, that guy got trained real quick to do. I that. was about to say, where's Danny Trejo? Danny that Trejo point. should be out there with a machete as okay. one of the guards. I just, I just he was not in this episode. I saw him tweeting today. It was funny. So <laughs> long, like the the episode was like I want to say forty minutes of what we're not even thirty ish minutes of flashback we're made to believe when he comes out, there is a big passage of time, whether it, I think it's gotta be a few days or something because he's like, where are we at? Like, what are we doing? Like, where's this? I want to do that. Like, he's very like, like rushing. Right. Oh, I noticed and, like, that. Yeah. Yeah. So I he's think also less I, scarred up too. He's more mm-hmm. tan. He's healed up. Definitely tan. So he was in there. Like it was more of like, you need to get fully healed or we're not going to be able to do anything. Right. So I think we get a passage of time where Trejo DT has mm. been like has like almost got the rancor fully trained, if not if not fully trained. I mean, right. Episode so I, five. We just this next episode we get a lot of that. A lot. Yeah. Of I, I don't. I don't think we're gonna get the. Tra- I think we're gonna get more of like all right. This right is how you ride right. it. Yeah. Yeah. Or yeah. or the, well well this is the um this is like how in Mando season two we had the um the recruitment. Okay. Like montage, right? I think yep. this is oh, yeah. you. This is the let's get the Tuscan Raiders. I also think for some reason he's gonna get more bounty hunters, and this is where we're gonna oh, get yeah. like some of the ones that appeared in Empire. Like mm-hmm. uh, there was the the uh, Bosk. 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 Yeah, <laughs> IG, there's an IG. Dengar. We see IG, too many Dengar. of that that type of uh, like race of alien or whatever mm-hmm. to them to not bring him in. Um, maybe an IG. Yeah. Unit. Well, not well. That not RIG eighty eight. Rest in peace. Um, but it has to beautiful. be Taika's voice, though. Mm. Yeah, they all have to be voiced by Taika. I'm cool with that. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> listen. I if every if every like Mandalorian clone is supposed to be you know Boba Fett, or every stormtrooper is supposed to be Boba Fett in the Clone Wars, like yeah. or uh, Jango Fett, I should say. Every IG could be voiced by Taika Waititi. He said exactly. that he would be open to playing more clones 
Do it. I would be too. Because that's crazy. I would pop if they brought back the Bad Batch and it's all Tamora Morrison. That would be amazing. I would, I would, I would cry. I'd pop. (laughs) I'd cry, pop, all of it. It would happen. I don't know who they play for get Omega though for Omega because Omega, yeah, you gotta you gotta they can, you know, they, can leave, but, they can leave her in daycare. They can leave her, yeah. They can leave her behind. <laughs> uh well, I mean, let's specifically let's take a dip in the back of the tank, as Bill said. Like favorite, like what was your favorite part of the episode? That way we can get into I don't know if there is a worse part, but let's just I want to hear your like maybe favorite moment or moments. Um, start with Kyle. Like, what did you like about this episode? I really liked the the mod parlor part. I thought that was really cool. That's something I never really seen too much in Star Wars. And mm-hmm. I don't know if it's in the the comics or the uh, the books, but something like that to me jumped out it was really cool. It's almost like you know a tattoo parlor, but for Star Wars, where they would mod you with parts instead of tattoos. Um, and he just that I thought that whole thing was was great. And then. The guy's like, no, only taking appointments. <laughs> he just drops a bunch of cash. Uh, I'm gonna assume. I don't know what what's the currency in this at this point. Is it? It's not credits. I don't know. Yeah, it it's is. not credits. That's not credits. No, no, I thought they said credits because she Phoenix says credits. Okay, Phoenix so says- just draws a bunch of credits down. And he's like, well, why didn't you start off with that? <laughs> She's dying over here. He's acting like it's just someone with a walk-in for a tattoo. <laughs> And for everyone who was wondering who the the mod engineer was, that was the was. the musician Thundercat. So okay. he, Grammy winner. He Grammy a, winner. He used Look to be in suicidal. Tennis. That's sweet. I like that. He, he was uh, a producer for Flying Lotus. He appears on Kendrick Lamar's To Pimple Butterfly. He's been around for a long time. He's done a lot of really cool things. So that was a really cool cameo. Mm-hmm. I just thought that whole scene was great. I I, I love the whole aesthetic of it. It was great. Yeah, and it she felt... didn't panic. Like she's just no. like what she's like, she got a gut shot, and then she's like, it's just like I saved you. And it's just like, I'm sorry if my stomach was replaced by you know with hydraulics. Like, well, finally, I get <laughs> to, this this gut is gone. She's gotta, she's gotta have seen a lot of shit though, as like a yeah. as like a yeah. badass bounty hunter, and you know mm-hmm. she's done work for the Empire, like she's got her own history, I'm sure. You see some shit, you mm-hmm. you probably have that. That's probably that survival instinct. She's also super practical, right? Like when he yeah. said, "Like, listen, I had no time, limited resources. You were dying. You were dying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, what did you like, want me to do? We're in the middle she's of like, the you know what? Fair, fair point. Yeah. Fair yeah. Point. Fair <laughs> point. He was pretty, uh, pretty happy about it. Um, Bill, what worked for you? What, what were you a big fan of? Well, like I said, it was, it was like I said before, is the pacing really? Yeah, it was, it was like we we got the pacing of this episode. I was a little. I mean, I trust me. I did love the you know Chewbacca dark. Like I liked that moment. That was great because I'm never. I can't pronounce his name, so I'm just gonna go. It's called BK. Chewbacca dark. BK Santi. No, I think of. I just think of Burger King. So it's hard. So I call him Chewbacca dark. Um, you know what, Bill? You know what, Bill? Have it your way. I, oh, wow. you son of a bitch. Ah, oh, he just sank uh, that one. It was like John. Oddly Stein. enough, that's not the slogan oh. up here for BK. Just saying. Wait, it's, what is it? There's another. Re- there's a. There's another Canadian fast food restaurant that uses that slogan up here. Okay, so what's your way? Not, a. Yeah. No, <laughs> it's actually called Harvey's, but we call it Harvey's. <laughs> like Canadian. Oh, oh because it's your friend. Call it Harvey's, and then we we kind of change the end to eh. But it's Harvey's, like, uh, like Carl's Jr. Right? Harvey's. Same yeah. Same. Same. Same thing. Yeah. So what is Burger King's 
catchphrase and up here i have no idea they just changed the logo up here it looks like a goofy cartoon logo now it just looks bad this yeah they um this needs to be they did that they did okay did that year. for you down there okay it's just it looks horrible um so i mean yeah it was the the pacing uh for you know i I now I just I'm completely lost with this whole Burger King. <laughs> like they had advertising sandwich for less than a month and, and took it away. It was a travesty. But anyway, not the point is uh, I'm trying to get a lot of food sponsorships for this podcast. Love it. Uh, yeah, the pacing really worked, and I love seeing Chewbacca Dark. You know, getting his moment in, and like Jennifer Beals coming in saying like, "Hey, buddy, listen, pal," like you're such a big badass. Like, look what you did. Just take it. Uh, it's fine. I was gonna ask if that was her. I was I was actually gonna ask you guys today, and I don't get it. That was her. Hundred yeah. percent Jennifer Beals, and um, and then he's just like, "You're right. I'm still gonna rip this guy's arm off." And uh, I thought he came back in a little fast, as you know, the heavy, the Luca Brasi for um, the heavy for um, for Mando. I'm sorry for Boba, but I'm totally fine with it actually well, you guys actually predicted that i was the one who said i thought it, it would gonna... be like in two episodes though I, not yeah. that good. i you thought, said I he thought was like coming. at least another episode or two yeah you did say he that, like he was going to come back this season i was rooting for him like being introduced here potentially coming back later in the season but more importantly yeah being spun off in something else dr afra i think it's yeah. still going to happen i think yeah. we'll see him in other other shows for I, sure. thought, I thought it was I quick would... too I would love to see that because they keep talking about him being a gladiator. Mm-hmm. I'm like, man, would I love to see Do we need another know, origin when, story? I'm like yeah. tired. No, 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 no. Tired not, already. Not, not in this series, <laughs> not not this season, but eventually I would love to see like a flashback to what that looked like. I mean, you could assume it's what was in Attack of the Clones, mm-hmm. but it's like I would like to see that like down the road, like just even a little bit, like a little snippet of that. But if I'm picking a one individual scene. It's going to be the bar scene, especially with Boba just looking on like that's the watching, guy. just casually like, watching. Right. Yeah, that's the guy. I, need. I thought he was going to step in and stop him from doing anything. I was waiting for his hand to just come up and stop him from doing anything. And I was like, oh, well, we just watched the whole thing. I know. That's why I liked it even more. And he was just like, yeah. That's that's who that's who I need. That's my guy. Like he didn't try and do the moral thing because I thought I'm like, oh, he's the you know rule of respect and mm-hmm. do the moral thing. Stop the guy. He's like, ah, eh, let him rip his arm off. Who cares? And I'm like, so, but that was my favorite. But overall, what worked best in the episode for me is the pacing of the whole episode. There was an immediacy. There was an urgency to this episode as we everything kind of was very methodical before. Okay, Amanda, I can guess yours but i will let you say it what did you like about this episode this is hard because i I loved this episode overall but definitely my two favorite moments obviously more fennec she is brilliant her brilliance saved them Mm. on multiple you know occasions just just the just the ability to just oh wait a minute i gotta think on my feet let me get down press this button drop the bomb on the sarlacc and save our lives just and then even her ingenuity in getting through jabba's palace I mean, she's such a, she's such a resource and just so bright and just, just, just the the creativity um, that she shows. I mean, just, you can see head and shoulders why she has the reputation she does. Um, So more Fennec and in a really well done way. She didn't overshadow. She could have overshadowed Boba. She was this close in some parts. I think she, she could have, but they, they kept it to where you didn't get the best, you got great Fennec action, but you know there's more to come. They didn't just throw it all on the table. They're like, we're gonna give you some, and you know that the more is coming and it's gonna be even better. So more Fennec, 
And then I'm not going to lie. I hopped up and down when he like blasted the bikers from one with the lip curl. And when he did the lip curl and the sneer when he (laughs) did it, I literally, I think I hopped up on the couch. and was like, vengeance. That That's where I was at. That was <laughs> because awesome. Because that lip curl. Yeah, that's the boba. The mm-hmm. arrogance. The like, you know, the boba that we've been missing. I mean, as much as it's like really nice to see boba make friends with the rancor and, you know, <laughs> just being kind of a little soft. That lip curl was everything. I was like, there's the boba. that The boba that ran the meeting um, and yeah. kind of made everybody go where he wanted to go. Mm-hmm. Um, the, just that, just that little, like, I got this, you know, that, that curl was everything I popped for that so much. Those are my two favorite things about this episode. Um, there's, there was just so much that worked. I mean, I could go on and on about it, but if I had to pick two that those two more Fennec and the, the Boba that we've been missing a little bit in that little yeah, curl. I agree. Just, he's, been, he's been such an, he's been such like a kind of like lost i mean even the sarlacc pit thing where he's just like let me basically park on its mouth wait yeah. a minute let's save that for the next segment let me just finish my, <laughs> my favorite my favorite part of this episode was the meeting i think the meeting is the the reason bill was so excited about this show mm-hmm. it's the it's the, the the you know the mafia crime lord in space Right. Star Wars this is what we've gangster shit. That's what I'm Star Wars gangster shit. Right. This is like what we've been kind of expecting. And they had to give us, you know, this origin within an origin um, to get to this point. Right. And this is what, you know, I think the future of the show will be is more of that and less of everything else. Um, I really loved it. I, I thought the performances all around were, were great um, from all the, uh, you know, the other crime families if you will. Um, and then just the, the timing with the rancor was perfect. Right. Um, I was a jump for me. I was like, Oh, it was, I totally yeah. forgot about it. <laughs> like, like, Oh, they're in front of Boba's or uh, in front of uh, Jabba the Hutt's right, chair. Right. Totally forgot I, about it. I, I did the big wrestling clap when that happened because I was like, this is, it's so brilliant. It's just, he, he led them by the nose mm-hmm. and it's just, yeah, if, I, if I, I was like, pearl, if I had pearls to clutch during that episode, better than that moment, it would have been but like, oh my, oh my, heaven's Murgatroyd. Oh <laughs> when, my. When, when he <laughs> when he was like, uh, when he was like, why don't we just kill you? I'm like, why don't they just kill him? And then Brancor comes out. <laughs> like, that's great. That's why. And y'all know who the cameos, y'all know who those the three crime bosses were, right? Oh no, hit us. Uh, Robert Rodriguez is the that makes sense. That yeah, makes sense. He's the Wait, Okay, which one's the trend? I can't uh, he's the lizard guy, the trend lizard ocean. guy. Okay, who's yeah. the, uh, who's and the then, dog? And uh, then the dog is Philomar. Again, again, Philomar. <sighs> Love Philomar. And the That's other guy. That's a lot of makeup time, Phil. Yeah, I was like, I was like, he looks like a like a bulldog. I was trying to kind of figure out what kind of yeah, dog I, he looks like, but it's Philomar. <laughs> and the other guy was one of um, Pedro Pascal's. He's one of the the stunt doubles on Mando. I didn't get. Oh, that's cool. Him. Uh, that's but, also yeah. great. but those two cameos, I was like, it's Robert Rodriguez. He's, he's amazing. Like two cameos already. Amazing. All right. I thought well, he was going to drop one of them in there, by the way. I thought one of them was going to be dropped in. As soon as they said that, like, like he doesn't, I didn't, he doesn't lead with fear. Yeah. He leads with sure. respect. Oh, Kyle, what was you? What was your favorite moment from the episode? Didn't I say it? He gave it. 
That's why I was the, the last mod, one. The mod, the, the mod parlor. Yeah. The, mod, the, the mod parlor. The whole aesthetic of it was great. Which and then, I, uh, such a journey. Yeah. I think Thundercat, I thought I heard somewhere that Thundercat did the music for that piece. That's, That's what I was cool. going to say. Makes I was going to say that the pacing, not the pacing, but the, mm-hmm. uh, the editing and the music yeah. felt so different from anything we've ever experienced. Mm-hmm. And that makes a thousand percent sense now because he did the music. It makes sense. It like, and it's, it's, it feels a little more Rodriguez too. Like Rodriguez it was does. a very rock and roll, very high energy. Yeah. I feel like sometimes that's a little bit like that, like in Mando, the fight, like the battle scene where they're on the rocks and stuff like that. That's mm-hmm. like, that's a hundred percent him. I feel like this hasn't been him in a lot of ways, especially with the action sequences. But with that, I was, it was a hundred percent felt like him, even if he didn't direct this episode, like his, his like hands were all over it. All right, now let's throw it in the Sarlacc pit. What's the one thing you did not like about this episode? I'm going to start, and I made this joke already in the beginning of this. Why the fuck are you going face first into a Sarlacc pit? I don't get it. Also, don't you have like PTSD about being, I don't know, eaten by the Sarlacc pit? Why would you go back in there? Especially it, when you're going to get it's not worth it. With, Buy another shirt. Like, right? what are you doing? <laughs> it's just like. Also, he. I didn't realize. Oh yeah, you get burned by the stomach acid. That's why he's all fucked up. Well, my thing about that, and and I don't. I don't mean to cut you off, out because that's. I'm. I'm picking off, off of yours because that was my weak point too. My thing was, but when you crawled out of the Sarlacc pit, did you not remember you had your armor on? No, yeah. maybe the did. answer like, is no. how did you not remember that you had your armor? I know you're I think because he was dying. Yeah, that's that was kind of that was kind of my, my thing, too. Uh, like, I, know, I know you're getting at a minute because like he was still semi-conscious when he crawled out of the sand. Semi. Yeah. But and like inside like, the like the, the footage when he was inside the Sarlacc, you know, he kind of knew what he was doing because he had right. to get out of there. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, you had enough sense valid. to cut. These are all yeah, you had he, he had enough sense to cut and get the oxygen from the other stormtrooper that was in there. I'm like, if you have the brain power to yeah. still do that and get out, he, you but have he, to he lied in the sand anymore. for like how long until yeah, he finally maybe, became conscious? Well, it could have been like a thing, he could have been like a maybe when I survived, the Sarlacc ate my armor because it was in the vicinity. Again, he doesn't remember the yeah. Jawas, he doesn't remember well. And also, yes. he slipped, I think, when he was talking to Finnick about it, that he was in there for a few, few years. And I think at the beginning of the podcast, we talked about how we thought it was maybe not as long as that time frame, but he made it seem like several years. So maybe just yeah. combination he's of those brain things. brain dead at that point, right? Mm-hmm. His oh, survival man. skills were being brain dead. I didn't even realize that. So I that don't even remember where now. I put my keys in the morning sometimes. <laughs> I, and I'm like, if Boba can, <laughs> where are my keys? And I'm like, Boba's in there for years and he can... You can get out that way. It could have also just been pure, like I said, like pure adrenaline where he just got out. He used his last gas to get out. Mm. But again, it's just like it it is a bit of a it is a bit of a stretch that he he doesn't remember. He remembers I got out. It's 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 a little hinky. You know what I mean? Yeah. Was there anything else from this episode that you guys didn't like? Because that was the only one really for me. I'm gonna. Well, what do you have? I got one that everyone's gonna disagree with me on. Okay, like, hit me. I think I know what it is. The slapsticky rat catcher thing 
where they're like, oh. where it was like, no, that was cute. it's just like, it's just like, we can't get them. Oh, here's pots and pans again. Tom and Jerry. I'm although, like, I'm like, although, the fucking shit. <laughs> like, what about the cook that resembled Grievous with all the. <laughs> I mean, I, that was fun. That, yeah. that, to me, well, that's Rodriguez in a, in a nutshell. Like, he would have like, he would have like chefs who were like, well, you know what? We're going to go fight this guy now. But I'm just like, but why? I feel like those are Filoni's elements though because the 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 little rat catcher actually comes out in the clone wars um padme has them in the clone wars and then also i want to say one of them for one of the episodes where they were trying to get a a bomb that had a virus in it um the rat catcher took that bomb and ahsoka was chasing it so it was a very similar chasing Uh, i remember that i was like ahsoka chased that thing so that thing is an annoying little throwback a Clone Wars throwback. So I think yeah. that's a little felony there. Okay. Yeah. For me, so I haven't seen that. So for me, I'm just like, why are we spending so much time? They have to shoot through hundreds of guards and like get the ship and get out of Dodge. Meanwhile, it's just like, it's like, it's, I was waiting for him to slip on a banana peel. I mean, I'm just like, come on. <laughs> Has anyone done an edit yet with Benny Hill music? Because it's like, <laughs> so many. I mean, there's uh, some. I'd That'd be right great. Now. It would be great. <laughs> so anyone listening out there, please make that happen and tag make us. It happen. Any of any one of us, tag us someone. Yeah, that would be great. <laughs> It'll last a week because then they'll get copyrighted by Disney Plus on YouTube. Very true. Uh, <laughs> um the, the next segment is the best performance. And uh Bill, I do not remember the name of this. I know I'm looking at it. What it's I am that, the I am the Daimyo, which he said in that one episode like 40 times. Gotcha. He also said his name. He also he was pulling a uh, he was pulling a what's it called a a, a, not commissioner uh, was a a Jim Gordon. He was pulling a Jim Gordon from from uh, from Gotham where he has to introduce himself six times in every episode. Gordon. Yeah. Uh, But yeah. That was the only other thing I didn't like. I'm like, how many times are you gonna say I'm I am I am Boba I'm Fett? Boba Fett. <laughs> I am Boba Fett. Um, but yeah, best performance. So what did you guys think with the best performance? I will start really quickly because we get the most out of her. I'm sure this will pop up a lot. I thought uh Ming Na Wen, Fennec, phenomenal. Um, I love the choices that she has made with this character and the way she has written it. As I've been saying since the beginning, I think. Now that Boba Fett has become this multi-dimensional character, she is becoming the Boba Fett. She is becoming just the cool, calm and collected mm-hmm. bounty hunter who's fucking awesome. She's the smartest person in the room, as Amanda said. Um, like, like the the scene where you get to see all the uh, where they figure out how many uh, guards are going to be in there doesn't break a sweat. Like she's just like, all right, well, we'll just go in at night. We'll just go in undetected and try not to get caught. Like, she's like, oh, I'm down for it. You know, whatever. Like, we got this. Like, I love that about her. And I love her performance. Like, I want to see more Fennec throughout every show. Just make her, like, you know, make her the Rosario Dawson, if we're talking Marvel Netflix shows. Like, make her the connective tissue and put her in everything. She's already in Bad Batch. Like, just keep it going. Keep it up. Um, uh, Kyle. I might just have to agree with you. She played such an incredible role. Like she's she's just coming to her own. It's it's great since the first since we first seen her until until now. I've I've loved everything they've done with her, and I I can't I, I you know I'd love to watch a just a spinoff series of just her. 
if they ever did that, that would be amazing. And then we can come up with a crazy podcast name for that one too. Um, <laughs> but one. Uh, <laughs> okay, um, if it came out in the summer, we could just call it Summer Shandy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know, like I wasn't here for the first episode either. I'm glad they have the original actor for Boba Fett, and they didn't just get someone that kind of resembles. Well, they copped out. Technically, not true. Yeah. Yeah. So he is the actor who played Django Fett. Sorry, that's what I meant. I mean, (laughs) the original actor, not the kid. (laughs) Well, yeah, the original, yeah, the original (laughs) actor who played Boba Fett recently passed. um, Okay. um, Jeremy Bullock. Jeremy Bullock. Thank you. Um, but yes, totally. You're right there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, he's done such a great job. And I, I love so the good. little, like the little flashbacks of showing him as a kid and watching Django go out in the ship. That was, I, I've been it's, loving those. It's, it's the, the best little use things. of attack of yeah. the clones. It's yeah. better than the actual attack of the clones. But I don't mind that movie at all. Everyone hates it. I don't, it's not good. Uh, I mean, it's not it's a bad movie, not Phantom Menace. Um, yeah. I don't like that movie. Um, I'd much rather watch that. <laughs> much I'm just rather... here for Revenge of the Sith. If we have to pick between yeah. the three, well, because Attack of the, of the Clones, I'd rather watch Simon's reactions on space. I mean, that's... Phantom Phantom Menace. You get pod racing, so already it's like, all right, well, that's kind of cool. Let's watch that. Like that was fun. Okay, and Attack of the Clones, you got the, the end fight. That's about it. I slept through Attack of the Clones a little bit during that marathon, I will say, but I everybody in that whole theater was up for the entire Phantom Menace because everyone was quoting the entire movie out loud from start to finish. We just we, everyone was yelling every line from that entire movie out loud. <laughs> I don't think I can do it. Um, I would do it for the Fast and Furious movies, though. Wait, to do the um, exact same thing. I, I would just love to see you and our former uh, uh, multi-time guest, Alicia Weinberger, just get baked off your asses and go watch all those movies. Be amazing. That would be amazing. I would just see. I, I can do it for Jurassic Park. I know uh, all the dialogue. Me and my me and my Park. one buddy said like, "Yo, we gotta do that for Extinction when it comes out. We gotta go and and get the theater to do like a marathon so we can just watch." Come them to the all. U.S. Come to Texas. Yeah. We can watch. Let's it. do it. Let's do it. <laughs> We can do it. Texas. Um, Texas. Massive mark for Jurassic Park. Love that series. Yeah. Amanda, what didn't work for you? No, best act. Best act. Oh, it's best performance. Sorry. Oh, yes. Amanda. I know. I think I know where Amanda's going with this one. Every line in Jurassic Park. Every line. Hand gestures, everything. But Fennec, my girl, I have to go with her because just. Even the brilliance of the fight scene when they are getting, I'm still calling it Slave One. I don't care what anybody says. It is Slave One. When they are getting it out of there, um, just the little moves she makes, like blowing up the droid, um, you know, getting the rock, like kind of shooting the rock down to get the gate open. Just those really smart choices. I mean, just if you don't love Fennec after just watching her just work, I don't know. There's no hope for you. (laughs) Um, I mean, she's really taken the part and just grown. I mean, just. And every time she's made an appearance, whether it's in Bad Batch, Mando, I just, there's just something about her that you're just drawn to her and her character. Um, she's getting better and better. Even just the, the, the coolness in which she's like, oh, I'm part machine now, you know, I mean, it, it just, and you see her gradually change because she is, she is, she starts off as, as this like hard mercenary who doesn't really trust Boba. But then it's just seeing that very subtle change where she's like, I'll hang out. I'll go for the ride. So she's intrigued, but she's not playing full full hand either. But it's still a subtle change where she's 
she's like, all right, cool. Be cool. I just, just those smart decisions. (laughs) I love her voice. Her voice is amazing. Just the smart, just those smart acting choices and those little nuances really show just a testament to, to me as a performer. Just, I love her. I felt, yeah. And her social media is great too. I just, I just have like, I was just like, can I be like you when I grow up, please? (laughs) You're so cool. Um, But her, her acting, I think everybody, everybody, I feel like stepped it up in terms of of acting this week, but just, she knocked it out of the park. This was about her and it was rightfully so about her. (laughs) She's such a calculated character, right? Like, I don't know if we've had someone like that. Maybe, uh, maybe the, uh, what's it called? Jean Carlo. Um, from season season one and two of Mando, like someone just like the smartest person in the room. Well, and a female too at that. Yeah, because in Star Wars you have smart females, but they're usually they're not. Super, you don't see the calculated part come through. Mm-hmm. And very, she's very methodical. And so for me, it's a different. It's a different vibe of a yeah. different. It's a different female, and she's not a. You can't really say she's a heroine because of her past. Yeah. But and she's current. somebody you I mean, wind she's up working admiring. for a mafia guy. Yeah, but <laughs> she's somebody you wind present. up admiring. You she's still admire her. Like she's so yeah. cool. Yeah, like, because if you if you compare it to the other characters in the Mandalorian universe, if we're gonna call it that, like this this kind of like branch of the Star Wars universe that we're building, you know, you have Bo Katan, who is very um led by like emotion and like this kind of divine right of like like this is this is mine i am destined like i am supposed to have the dark saber and i'm supposed this to is do the way. this is the way <laughs> i'm this is the way like, right like i am supposed to you know yeah. reclaim mandalore right like and then um r.i.p cara dune like you know she was her, in her own way she thing, you know almost like the reluctant former hero who kind of like comes back and finds out why she like enjoyed it in the first place this is someone completely different that we've never seen and i love that there's um, something about her so that, very very leia-esque but she, i feel like she's the most naturally confident yeah character, and not gender and species aside i think she's the most genuinely confident character in star wars like even Han, Han's a bit, you know, braggadocious and it's a little bit of bravado because he's sometimes pretty scared, you know, and, you know, Leia probably comes the closest, I would think, but even she That's has saying, yeah. doubt and it's it, it feels like Fennec never doubts her moves and she's just like, I got this. You need to do this. I got this. I'm confident in every single decision we make. And I think the moment we don't see her be confident is going to be a super powerful moment. If it happens, I think if. she's going to just be the most <laughs> consistently confident, yeah. calculated, yeah. smartest person in the room that we're going to get because she is like that. That's why she's good at what she does. Um, I love when she does that line too of like um, when he's talking about the Tuscans and he's like, he's like, you're, she's like, you're, you must be slipping, like, you know, something along the lines of like, you know, you're not the same Boba that I know that I've heard, of, like I've heard stories of, right. Like she's gonna remain the same forever. <laughs> okay, when he first tells her, like I'm Boba Fennec, Boba's dead. Boba's dead. Yeah. <laughs> you idiot. Just, it's yeah. it, that's what I heard, and that's that's it. Yeah. There's no other. Well, there's no she, other things I, f- I feel like she foreshadows sometimes in her lines, like just even the line when they went to go take vengeance on the bikers. She's like, 
so the bikers did got a bunch of tuscans like she find yeah. that little yeah just, oh, yeah. just I, I again best but she continues to have the best lines she really does her dialogue is just great all the way it's been great all the way through the show yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. i hate when they make her be the exposition monster I prefer the foreshadowing model. Exposition Jones. Exposition Jones. Yeah, like don't don't, you know, I don't want who is, I hear who about the Wanda Vision we used to call oh, an character. We used to call exposition. Exposition. No, I feel like it was like one of the I feel like it was like when they were in the tent. It was like Jimmy and like uh and like every time like, those characters would get together, it's like, here's what's is happening. Oh, is it Cat Dennings? It's, yeah. He was Cat Dennings' character. Cat yeah. Dennings' yeah. character like, would tell you the past, goes. present, and future. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, for me, it's, I think, yeah, the most important. I mean, Mino Wendy has the best performance, but I think the one person who had to nail the performance and. I'm going to guess it. Ready? It's the Rancor. First off. <laughs> yeah. Great. I mean, he doesn't. Who hit. was that? It, it's Gene Hackman. <laughs> John Favreau <laughs> got in there in the Rancor costume. Yes. got Joe Paxton <laughs> to play when you hear the voice of the Rancor you're like oh my god it's Royal Tenenbaum this is wild um, but um, god if I know I just want that to happen um, so for me it's tomorrow Morrison because like he needed like Ming-Na Wen is amazing in this but he needed to we needed to see the evolution of if you know he was kind of like you know we see him playing with the Bantha like you get out of here boy go on and get you know type deal we need to see the sensitive side we need to see the dumb side of him like putting parking his spaceship in uh sarlacc pit all of that we needed to see him be a dumb dumb in order to get to the moment of selling this the the table meeting to show how he's grown and how he had he had to nail that scene perfectly because if he had done it robotically or just very a lot of his stuff has been very monotone i am Boba yeah. Fett, you know and it's stuff like that <laughs> but he he hit everything was like just like he basically modeled what fennec does everything was calculated and confident and he had the plan like she does so he is mo- like he said he's like i you know he he's wants her with he wants her there because he wants to be surrounded by someone he thinks is very smart and is could could help him they, they always say like something like the wise man will always surround himself with smarter people pop break for the last 13 years. That's my <laughs> philosophy. Surround yourself with smarter people and you'll do pretty well. So that's what he did. And it, that's finally rubbed off and he's finally making these decisions. He feels like the boss. Finally, he doesn't nail that performance. This whole episode falls apart and the whole future of the series falls apart. So for me, it's like, that was the most important performance in this one. It wasn't the best performance. It was the most important performance and he nailed it. And especially he had that confidence, like you were saying, Amanda, about when he like had the lip curl thing, but when he's like, I know where to get people. And then we get the, we get, and that hits the Mando music. And you're like, Oh man, because he's now in control. He feels he's the guy. Now he's Mm -hmm. not just a pretender. He is the guy. And it's, it's interesting too, with, with Boba Fett, because I was thinking about this with the, the flashbacks, kind of going back to, to Django and whatnot. Um, kind of going back to, to even his character as a child, you see that he can be soft. I mean, you see the relationship he has with Django and how much he cares. And you see that. And that, and I think that thread carries, Tamora carries that thread through because when something happens to somebody he loves or cares about, 
he gets cold and calculating and here we go blasting bikers and here we go coming after, you know, getting that vengeance and getting that side. And so it's a really neat, um, you know, tie back. I'm glad you brought that up though with, with tomorrow's performance, because yeah, I mean, it's, it's so, it's so well acted and you see kind of the connection there, which I feel like it carries from again childhood. And then he turns into kind of more robotic in the, the, the clone wars because of what's happened to his dad. Um, and wants vengeance. And so it's neat to see that thread carry through. And Tamora does a great, he nails it. He does a great job. I mean, that, that whole, in the lip curl, he brings that attitude, that fierceness to the, <laughs> I, I really enjoyed that table meeting. Really enjoyed it. It was so good. I also so didn't good. think it was a rancor at first before I seen the claw. I thought it was uh, Chewbacca's brother there sh- shaking the table. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. You know what? I did too. Like all of a sudden you hear the table chart. I'm like, Oh, you know, that's uh Chewbacca dark. He's, he's yeah. at the table. And then it's like, oh no, here's claws and teeth. And you're like, oh God. Brilliant um, though. I mean, that's brilliant. Just to even put your dining table over that is just love it. Love it. So cynical. We're gonna merge the last two segments together, mostly because we we kind of already yeah. unanimously said yeah. that we enjoyed this episode and the reasons why. So the word on the streets of Mos Espa which is our theories. So give us like one theory that you have for the remainder of the season. And then I want you to rank this episode uh, on a scale of one to 10, one to 10 Trandoshan severed arms. <laughs> you know what? We should have called yes. this episode. We should have called it. This, now we got a rancor this episode. Trandoshan ah. uh, <laughs> severed arms. That's even better. They grow back. They grow back though. There you go. go back. Oh, that's why she's like, that's why she's like, you done? Like, you happy? Um, (laughs) Bill, um, give us a theory going into the end of the season that you want to share your tinfoil hat, um, the word on the street of Mos Espa, and uh, rank this episode one to 10 Trandoshan severed arms. Uh, Man, um, so I think. yeah, I didn't really have any theories. So, but what I'm going to say is I'm still going to stick. I mean, like my one thing Kyle has is, so I don't want to uh, too much is I still think we're, we're going to get a character from solo. I'll let Kyle have that one. Uh, but I think if we're talking about theories that we're going to see, we're definitely going to see, I think somebody from the Mandalorian or the star Wars universe is going to end up joining his army, it's not going to be Mando right away. We will see him, but I think, like we said, it's going to be somebody uh, is going to join is going to join up with him. Um, you know, it might you know we might not know who it is. It might be a, a random side character. It could be, like you said, it could be grief. Could be a whole bunch of different people. We don't know. Um, I do think that he will get some Tuscans to help him out. Ultimately, I the thing that intrigues me the most is what's going to happen with these families. And I think you're going to have one family is going to, I think the families are going to mer- uh, work with Boba after the Pikes do exactly what he predicted and they start killing them off. Although one of the families will betray Boba in some way, whether it is they tr- betray him to the Pikes or they betray, or they they um, become his enemy for season two. One of that that's going to happen because that's a classic gangster show type of um, archetype. And I, you know, knowing Favreau 
in Rodriguez, that's probably what's going to end up happening as the, how many severed arms I get this. Uh, I'm going to give it uh, shit. I uh, give it eight and a half. It's, it's my favorite episode so far. I think I said that it's last less with like a little nub. I, I mean, it's like a little, it's, it's starting to regenerate already. Uh, it's a couple like, of fingers. It, it's, it's Deadpool where it's, just a little, it's like a little like, it's, it's like, it's slowly petting someone. It's just like, ah, and um, it's like, thank you, Jennifer Beals. Here's my baby hand. Pick me up. And uh, um, so Christ, oh. my strong hand It's my strong arm. <laughs> my God. So, um, yeah, because I, this definitely beat this definitely, I think eclipses last week. Um, again, love the pacing. There's an immediacy to this. Those war is coming. This doesn't feel like we're rushing into it. This feels very earned, which I like. Uh, I do need a little bit more. We keep saying Jennifer Beale's character. Give what is she? Give me something with her outside of just being this woman that oh, we're assuming is a woman is that you know that Boba talks to every once in a while. They kind of exchange glances. She gives him money. Like give me more to her. I feel like she's going to play an important role in this. Like she's actually one of the most powerful people in Mos Espa and he's got to get her on the side. Maybe she's the one who brings the families together. I don't know. We got to do more with her. Otherwise super solid episode points off for no Danny Trejo, but I'll take it, man. If this is what we're doing, this is our trajectory. Let's keep going. And she feels almost like the grief of this show. She's like a lot who does a lot less than him. Like we've seen yeah, that we've seen on screen. He did a lot more in season two, right? Than season one. I, I don't know like if that was even. I think so. I, I, I think he was a bigger part of season two. Anyway, regardless, um, thank you, Bill. Hey, Kyle. I try. Uh, give us a theory. Bill kind of alluded to it already. So and then, uh, your ranking. Uh, I'm going to get my ranking first. I, yeah. I, I'm with Bill with eight. I'm not going to give any stubs or little fingers. So just Good. a solid eight. Thank you. Out of 10, um, I still, I think my favorite episode so far is when, uh, I think it was two, the Tuscan, the Tuscan one. Yeah. Where they were like, two. where he, where they were training right. him. Right. The, and then the, taking tra- in. the, the great yeah. train robbery. Yeah. 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 That was my favorite. Um, Me too. So this one that was on Instagram, I follow a couple of different star Wars Instagram accounts. So this one's called star Wars Sith and they screenshot it. They have this four picture. I'm going to try to put it in my camera to get it focused, but, um, it's titled definitely foreshadowing the crimson dawn. And this is the picture that they posted. Oh my God. It's not going to focus. Is it? So it shows the mayor in her, in his chair or her, his chair. Yeah. Their chair. We'll say their chair and the necklace that, uh, Amelia Clark's character was wearing in, um, solo God, solo. And then Darth Maul is wearing the same exact necklace from, I don't remember where this scene was from. That's, isn't that the the towards the end of solo yeah isn't that the hologram image? i believe so that's, yeah that's and then like the after credit they're showing that the chair and then the, the the big hologram on the ground in this scene where he goes to meet the mayor is the exact same shape as the necklace of crimson dawn of crimson dawn mm. so does so, so kyle does so crimson dawn you think is going to show up are they going to are they going to be teased as the big bad for season two? Or are they going to help Boba Fett? What do you see them lying? I'd want to see it as a as, as bad as this is. I want it, I'd love it to be at a cliffhanger and have us wait until the next season. That's fine. Um, but then I also want to see it in this season. <laughs> um, so I'm still on the fence about that. I still like my idea of 
Mando ending off this season that ties into the first episode of Mandalorian season three. So, um, hmm. I want to see it in some capacity. That's my my guess is something like that. I kind of still want the Mando to end this season though. I think you're probably I really I, I really just want Mitt to be the last scene we just see Mando show up and it's like shit. Now we gotta wait, but then we gotta wait till December because mm-hmm. that's season three for Mando, I believe. Yeah. Um. Oh, why is that so far away? But we got Obi Wan in between, so it's okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I almost want. I feel like I'm on the same in the same boat as you. I think we would get. I think we would get Mando before the full on Crimson Dawn. I think it would have okay. to be almost like alluded to. Again, this is me. I think if they're smart, you make this war with the Pikes be the kind of ending. And it's like, oh, you thought the Pikes are bad. Here's Crimson Dawn. Here's season two. Like, that's your concept. Like, that's how you kind of reintroduce them in. That's how I would do it. Or that's how I want to see it. But again, I am not a writer. They are way smarter than me. And they're going to do something much better. Um, Mm -hmm. But I feel like you can't. And this is going into my review. I feel like you can't give us that music and not give us uh, Mando. Like, I need to see some Pedro Pascal in this next episode because you don't give me that score and give me grief, uh, grief. Could they do both? Like, in a, maybe. What do you mean? It's a little bit of overkill for both uh, things. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if you want to do too much in one season. You kind of want to save Again, some stuff. I feel like Mando season two with Luke Skywalker and then Boba Fett assassinating Bib Fortuna. So, I mean like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They 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 they've already blown expectations out of the water, so they can okay. kind of do whatever the <laughs> fuck they want at this point. And we're gonna just be like, let's go, right? Like, you know, um, I would give uh, I would give this episode uh, eight and a half severed severed arms. Uh, so there's a little bit of a nub as well. Yeah, it's a nub. Um, yeah, because I, I think I think we've all kind of covered it already, right? Like yeah. pacing was insane. Like it was great because we got a super long um, flashback and then now we're in present day and that looks like where we're going to be for the remainder of the season. Like that's great pacing because we were so used to like going back and forth and just feeling like very scrambled. Whereas this now feels like this is the show. This is going to be the rest of the show and the future of the show is going to be, it's going to feel like this. So I thought that was great in terms of my theories. Yeah. I think that's it. Like if we need, um, Mr. Mando and whoever he's with at this point, like this can mm-hmm. be, this can be a way for them to almost like somewhat establish where we are in season three. Cause they have the most difficult task ever potentially give us, giving us a season of Mandalorian without Grogu. That's a tough task. Like that's a big reason why a lot of people watch this show. Mm-hmm. Like, it's crazy. Or, to Grogu think. appears at the end of season three. That's what, like, that makes a lot of sense. Again, yeah. you're, you're thinking like, that's, yeah. that's where I'm thinking as well. Like it would be great to have Mando kind of set the tone and like the scene of where we are before we're even in Mandalorian season three. Cause a lot of people are going to just expect like a time jump or something. Like I would love to make sure that that's not the case that, yeah he is going to go to Mandalore and this is his stop on the way, or he's got to go finish things with Bo-Katan. Like that would be really great if they kind of alluded to something. Um, so that's my theory. Uh, a Mandalorian. What do you have for us? Uh, 
So Jennifer Beals intrigues me because I feel like maybe she is the connection to Crimson Dawn. She knows more than she is letting on. And I feel like right now we are getting introduced to her, but I feel like she's going to be far more prominent in season two. I've thought about her being the link to Crimson Dawn. I've thought about, is that really the mayor? (laughs) Is Uh, whoever was in that room really the mayor? Isn't it? Jennifer Beals knows a lot of what's going on. Who's the real power? In the this, mayor's the one this guy. Well, I mean, I've been around. I know yeah, the assistant. Right yeah, we all know but, that bar I mean, owners are the real. Yeah, I just I feel like she's the tie to Crimson Dawn because I, I agree. I think we're gonna okay. we're gonna see Crimson Dawn going forward. Mm-hmm. I, I really do. I I still feel like if we don't get a Kira cameo this season, I think we're gonna get it at some point. Um. And and Crimson Dawn, it could go either way. I think it just depends on if Boba falls in line with her goals. If she if he doesn't, then she will bring him in line. Um, and then we may see conflict there. But there's also the other major syndicates, and and I really feel like Boba's kind of the the start, if you will, because these major syndicates are not around. You know, for the for the rise of Skywalker and the the later kind of in the the latter time frame with snow coming to power or whatnot. So maybe this this series might give us an explanation or transition us um, to that, to that time frame. So, but I think Jennifer Bills, I think she's our connection to, to Crimson Dawn. She knows a lot more than she's letting on. And I think we're going to see more of her in season two. She may play her hand a little bit here in this season, but I, I think we're going to, it's going to, this is going to set her up. I like that. We're going to, we're going to see some conflict there for sure. She's playing nice right now, but that's going to not, that's going to come to a head and whether she starts the problems with the, the, the local crime families or again, brings in Crimson Dawn, there's going to be conflict there. So I, I feel like something, something is going to happen. Um, I also feel like we are going to get Mando. I, I really do. I, I feel like because, you know, you had Boba show up in Mando, Boba may even call in a favor and say, you know what, you guys resolved this conflict, but I helped you guys out. Y'all need to help me out. And that could bring in Bo-Katan nicely. Um, and, you know, and I agree, Mando has a tough, it's going to be tough going forward, um, you know, without Grogu. And then also moving the Darksaber, because <laughs> that's such a big piece. If you're a big Star Wars nerd, that's a big mm. piece of lore. And you got to handle that transition carefully as well. Because, I mean, even when that first happened, there was a lot of dialogue about how Mando wound up with the Darksaber and why didn't, you know, Sabine handed over the Darksaber to Bo-Katan. Why not, you know, we can go into that discussion later, but... Um, <laughs> But just just um, you've got so much lore to work with. And so it's it's not only, you know, with Mando and with Boba and any of the shows, I think, going forward with Star Wars, you got to keep a balance between here's here's what the, the hardcore fans know. And here's what we've looked at and here's what we know. But then trying to keep the, the casual base happy, too. So that's definitely not a, an easy chore with something as loved as, as Star Wars. But um, but I know that that this team can handle it. I've been really happy with the show so far i'm excited for kenobi mm-hmm. um but i really feel like jennifer beals is is going to be our i think we're going to see her maybe subtly loop in crimson dawn i think we're going to we can get both yeah, at can. the end of the season i think we're going to get an introduction to crimson dawn but i also think we're going to get some kind of tie-in to mando maybe he comes in and you know help <laughs> i i don't know what to do with this thing <laughs> i don't know <laughs> um, help me with the dark saber boke chan's gonna kill me um but I, I feel like we are going to get Mando, um, but like maybe at the very end and just kind of a, a cliffhanger 
if you want to see more of what happens, watch season three of Mando. I feel like the way that you guys were talking about Danny Trejo last week is now how you're starting to feel about Jennifer Beals this week, where I'm like, guys, you got to be more trusting of Danny Trejo. Now it's like, Danny Trejo. Jennifer Beals. Danny Trejo, though. Like, Mich- like Desperado. That's all I have to say. I'm just, I'm just, my, I just fear that we're not going to see him anymore. Like we, it was like a one and done. Now, nah, we're going to be dumb. It'd be dumb. But okay. the one thing, uh, so one thing about Jennifer Beals, and it's just this, this is like, this is on the level of dumb of my WandaVision, the beekeeper. It was the dog. Uh, uh, it's that level. I'm just thinking like, okay, so I was talking to our podcast editor, Alex Marcus, and he was saying, cause he heard, he listens to every show and he's like the time frame between solo and this, I believe is like 15 plus years. So I was like, wow. And we have Jennifer Beals just here. And I'm just like, what happens if she's, and it, again, this is dumb. And I apologize for how dumb this is. What happens if she's Kira and she's in disguise? She's just in hiding. And this whole outfit she has on everything, it's just a facade. And she's just, and that's, <laughs> it's, it's all that's stupid. But wow. I was just like, somehow, this is a mission impossible. I know. I mean, yeah. if it was, it'd be fucking cool. I Cause I was thinking, I'm like, man, cause she would, cause if she wasn't, playing like an alien like a like a non-human like you could easily make that connection like she's kira you know but i was like oh maybe she's wearing a disguise and i'm like why as i said i'm like that's pretty fucking stupid uh but i just think yeah i do think she is the key to crimson dawn for sure which always makes me think of asian dawn from die hard where Hans Gruber's like Asian Dawn and his henchman's like asian dawn he's like i read about them i read about them i read it I read about them in Time Magazine. And I was just like, so every time I'm like, why is it Crimson Dawn? So I'm like, oh, Asian Dawn, that's why. But yeah, I forget well, what really stupid Jennifer Beals is actually here. On, on that note, watch um, it be right. That, if I was right, I'm going to just, I'm just going to throw something. I'll be like, hey guys, guess going to come to my put house. Put the orange Cassidy then, glasses on, just wear them for the entire yeah. episode. Um, <laughs> on that note, that's going to wrap it up for this edition of the book of boba fett book club it's the book uh, it's the boba book club the boba book club i mean boba, boba, book of boba fett book club. yeah boba it book club thank you that's gonna wrap it up for the <laughs> boba book club um but before we go we're gonna do some quick plugs you can find me at al Manorino on twitter and instagram you can also find some of my content that i've done for the poprate.com outside of this podcast on thepopbreak.com hoping to have a concert shoot soon we'll see we'll keep you updated um close we'll see uh kyle where can people find you um so i'm mostly on twitter i when i go on other social medias i'm like there for like maybe two to three minutes my attention spans very little with them uh, but twitter i spend all day on reading and trying to avoid screen spoilers right now um but yeah you can follow me at all elite kyle on twitter i tweet mostly about wrestling and the podcast i'm on which is elite pov or we do an aw fan podcast we talk about uh every thursday night live on twitch on 7 p.m we talk about aw from the night before and then now we've just started a saturday morning show at 10 a.m we talk about the rampage from the night before then so we have two shows a week that uh we are, we are doing talking about AEW. We have a big Patreon page, which we're, we're constantly having meetings and creating some crazy content. Um, we're actually going to be adding some pop culture things to that Patreon page as well. Um, 
but yeah, you can follow me on there if you'd like. If you are into wrestling, hit me up and uh, follow our podcast, I guess. But this was so much fun. I want to do more Star Wars podcasts. This is it's so crazy when you do when you you're known for just one type of podcast and you come and do something else and it's like a blast. <laughs> And don't forget, now that it, I don't have a blast doing the wrestling one. Yeah. Well, you also, to, just to plug the Elite POV for one more second, you did, you guys did interview Ty Conti. Oh, and that's right. Her, yes. And FDR, which is our very, very hard interviews to get. So definitely check those out. Yeah. The Ty Conti one was amazing. Me and my one co host, Phil. Um, we learned a lot. We made her cry twice unintentionally during the, the podcast, um, bringing up, uh, she's really, really close with her family. And, uh, she well, she kind of brought that up midway through, and then at the end when we were just kind of like putting her over, she couldn't she start to break down again. So um, great interview though. You find out a lot from that interview. Um, and then the FTR one is just as good too. I helped produce that actually. So I was kind of watching that while it was being recorded. Um, you find out a lot from FTR, like their goals and stuff like that. It's it's amazing. So go check those out. Excellent. Um, Amanda. Uh, so I am mostly on Instagram. I love Instagram. So that's kind of my, I'm like pictures. Yay. <laughs> um, the opposite of me. Gotcha. Um, yeah. Pictures, <laughs> video, all of it. Uh, so I'm at, at Amanda Lorian on, on Instagram. Uh, and I also want to plug in uh, mission pro wrestling. Uh, so follow us on all of our socials. We are on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, we have a show coming up next week. Next Saturday, January 29th, Crazy Train. Our card is amazing. We've got some great debuts. We are, if you are in the Texas area, come out to Conroe, Texas, Southern Star Brewery. Um, we, if you are not local to the area or at least can't get to Texas, uh, Title Match Network is the place to stream. So please, please, please check us out. You're, you'll be, it's just, it's amazing. We have such amazing wrestlers and just, it's it's awesome. I mean, you know, Thunderosa took down Dave LaGreca through beer tower one of our shows was great it was great it was it was it was terrible cleaning up all those beer cans i'll tell you that but it was amazing watching it and i was like there are hundreds of beer cans (laughs) oh gosh but it was such a cool moment and there's always something exciting that happens at our shows so please check us out um follow us and you know we're we're excited to come check just come check out a live show at some point support local wrestling um and support all the nerd things you know i mean that's the best part just i love being a geek um, it's an honor to be here talking Star Wars. Um, again, in the times of talk to Marvel, just this is so much fun. Thank you guys for having me. Appreciate it. Awesome. Absolutely. And I will not end this podcast as awfully as I did last time, which was just an all time piece of shit ending. So I am. Oof. We'll see. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm probably a little messed this up. Although my Jennifer Beals as Kira undercover is pretty awesome. No, it's gonna happen now. I'm jumping on your boat, man. Listen, John Favreau, <laughs> listen, just bring me on. I have a horrible job. Hire they don't listen to this podcast. Hire me. I'll work for Star. I'll work in Star. It's fine. Um, so I'm at Bodkin Writes W-R-I-T-E-S. If you must follow me for some goddamn reason, I'm, I'm not the best. I do. Thanks, bud. Uh, and I think Al follows, yeah, Al follows me because he has to. Um, but it's so I'm on there talking about, you know, mostly wrestling and stuff from the popbreak.com. Uh, I just dropped me personally. I just dropped a review of John Cena and James Gunn's new series Peacemaker, which is awesome. I think it's the first must see show of 2022 it's also one of the first shows released in 2022 but it's actually a really awesome series um al told me immediately he's like this show was made for you he is correct um it is super violent raunchy and fueled by 80s metal but also a great character study 
and way more emotional and deep than I thought it would be. It's just a great watch. It drops every Thursday on HBO Max. Um, I'm also dropping a new podcast. Yeah, because I don't have enough time in the day. It's called Bill versus Marvel. Um, famously, I have not finished the MCU uh, because like life, job, kids, unemployment, all sorts of shit. And I'm lazy. And uh, there's just so much wrestling I have to watch. So myself and my podcast editor, Alex Marcus, uh, we are going to be dropping our first episode next week. We are talking about uh, Iron Man uh hulk with ed, ed norton and iron man 2 and it's cool because my daughter is like really into she's never watched any of the marvel movies so she started watching with me so she doesn't want to watch the ed norton hulk that's awesome i don't blame her that's understandable I, yeah. I like that movie yeah but she, if i was yeah, a kid i'd be like what, the, what is this yeah but she's a green the, guy in this she loves why, the first why is it iron like man Jaws? i have to explain everything to her which is it's, it's a lot of fun it's a cool bonding moment so it'll be all on our streaming platforms which is apple google anchor and spotify uh, of course, check out Pop Break TV, TV uh, Break, uh, Pop Break TV, the Breakcast, and the winner still is in the Way Too Early Oscar podcast. All on those platforms. Uh, we're thepopbreak.com every single day. We're posting stuff and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the Pop Break because our Facebook got hacked by some dude from what? Southeast Asia, and he just streamed, and that person just streams games and it has the now more, and now has more followers it, than we ever did. Is, though, is it at least a decent game? No, no, it's it's no. Like, it's like um really boring computer board game. My fault too. I got, hacked. I got hacked. I got hacked in the middle hacked. of the night. My and Facebook, you, my personal Facebook, and all the pages that were attached oh, no. to it got hacked. And so that was my, I'm getting rid of my Facebook. That's it. Yeah, and, and I did. I did not. Uh, <laughs> I did not. I did not. They would not get us back. So, but it's if you go to that page, it just says still says the pop break. It's all our photos. It's all our posts. So it's still there. It's just a randomly stream. You know, basically chess. <laughs> we'll get it back. No, we won't. Um, yeah, you, you, you know what? I'm more concerned about Meta right now. You didn't get him back. Yeah, you could get. <laughs> yeah. You, I, I was going to handle getting our Facebook page back, and it's going to be great. So uh, yeah. I'm going to try and really close it out strong. Uh, so for Al, Amanda, and Kyle from the Great White North, my name is Bill Bodkin. Thank you for joining us. May the force be with you. That's a better ending. <laughs>